Lord, I'm ready now. Time's running out. And guys, we need to remember that as we turn to Acts 20 this morning. We're going to finish up that chapter. That was such a good chapter of all kind of information and wanted to finish that out. Paul's given his farewell address to the uh, folks there in the Ephesian, uh, the Ephesian elders. And he knows that he won't be able to see them again. And uh, just a, a tough thing. And he's going to challenge the church. And that's what I want to do this morning is challenge us as the church of God to be on point, to be alert. We talked about some of these things last Sunday night. And I want to finish that chapter. We're going to start about 22 there in just a minute. But I want us to understand how important the church is to God. And, and God, his name is on it. It's the church of God. Now, I know in our society today, there's denominations called the Church of God, but, but there is the Church of God. That's, there's not going to be denominations in heaven someday. Now, I'm proud to be a Baptist. I enjoy being a Baptist. But being a Christian is the most important thing. It's, it's, it's above everything else. And, and someday when we get there, there won't be a, a Baptist group, and there won't be a bunch of Assembly God mansions over here. You know, it, We're going to be there. We're going to be the Church of God. We won't have all these different opinions and these different things and different, you know, different things that we, we go to, it's just going to be what God wants and it's going to be perfect. So the church is, is very important to God. His name is on it. Also, Jesus is important to him because he died for the church. He gave his blood. He, he shed his blood for the church. And it's important to the Holy Spirit because he is drawing people to salvation, but he's also calling people to do what God asked him to do in the framework of the church. It's very important. So when it's important to the Godhead, I think it better be important to us. I, I hear people still say, well, you can go to church. You can be a Christian and not go to church. And I guess in some way you can. But guys, to me, that's, that's saying, God, what, what you built, what you put together is really not important. And I think God knew in the world we live in, in the confusion that we face, in the heartache that we face, in the troubles that we face, that we need, as I said at the close of service last week, we need a haven of rest. And this is the haven of rest here. This is the place we come to, to get through all that we have to get through. It's difficult. It's hard. And God wants to give us something great. And I just, I just want us to realize how important this is and the gift that we've been given. If you're a member of this church, if you're a member of any church, you've been given a gift, you've been given a calling to come and be a part to come and, and do what God has asked you to do. This, this was never meant to be a spectator sport. This was never meant to come and just watch. This was meant to come in and get your hands dirty and let's lead people to Christ. And we do that not only in the confines of this wall, but we do that in Monday through Saturday as we're out there and about and we're moving through our jobs and moving through our families and we're sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to build that church, to build the church of God someday, so that we'll be great and be more awesome and more wonderful. And we can look around in heaven someday and see our friends there and our family and the people that we love because we took time. What God asked us to do is to share the good news with them. And so Paul knows that, and Paul's heart is breaking. He knows that he's not going to see these people again, and he wants them to realize how important the church is there in Ephesus. He's been pouring his life into these 12 young men for about three years now. He's been sharing with them what to do and how to go about putting God's people together and, and being in unity and, and all those things. And now he said, I'm not going to see you anymore. I've got to go to Jerusalem. And I, I read through the back of Acts this week, and, 
And he's going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to face conspiracy there. There's going to be people wanting to kill him. And he's wanting to, to tell them. And he's going to stand up in the high courts. And he's going to give his testimony. And he's going to give his testimony again. And then God's going to tell him, hey, don't worry. I've got some, I want you to go to Rome. And so he's going to get to leave Jerusalem and go to Rome and share the good news there. And so it's amazing as God is working in Paul's life and how much he cares for the church and how much he cares for the work of the kingdom. And guys, we need to have that kind of burden here at First Baptist Church Kaiser. And throughout this country, as we look at the condition of our world, the church, the world needs the church and the church needs the world to win them to Christ. And it's very important as we look at it. Verse 22 of chapter 20. And now compelled by the Spirit. There's a Spirit showing up already. Brother Fred pointed that out great last Sunday night. You see the Trinity here in our scriptures today. But he was compelled. And when you're compelled, you're not just kind of going and being drugged. It's like they just shoved you forward. I'm compelled by the Spirit to go. He said, I am compelled by the Spirit. I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city in the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. There's the other part, Jesus' son, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Guys, what if we all thought that my life means nothing to me? What, what if we had that attitude today in America and in the church and, and around this globe that it's not about me? There's nothing special about me. It's not about what I need. It's about what I can give through Christ to others. Paul said, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's not important. What's happening in the churches today, guys, it's all become about me. Make me comfortable. I want this. I prefer this. Sing these kind of songs. Preach these kind of messages. It's all about me, me, me. Entertain me. Take care of me. Take care of my family. And guys, we are here to take care of each other. Don't get me wrong. But when we never give back, when it's all about give me, give me, give me, that's what's happening in churches across America today is it's become take care of my needs rather than we're supposed to be here to take care of the needs of others because our needs have been met through salvation in Jesus Christ. And we, we don't want that. We want them to keep making me comfortable, keep, keep taking care of me. Guys, once we learn the good news, then it's our job to go out and tell the good news. And that's what Paul's trying to tell these men right there. Verse 25. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. That's when he tells the sad farewell. He said, I'm not going to see you anymore. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. And we talked about this Sunday night. Guys, when we come to know Christ, we have a task. We are to go share that gospel. There is people in your realm of influence, in your family, at your job, your friends, at school, that don't know Jesus Christ. And guys, and so to speak here, look, reading in context of what Paul says, our, their blood is on our hands. We know the good news. We know the way to heaven. We know about salvation. And they are our friends and our family. And so, and, and what Paul's saying here is, their blood is on our hands. 
But Paul says, I've shared the gospel with you. I've spent the last three years pouring into you guys and pouring into everyone that I know around here. And listen to me, I can honestly walk away today, Paul says. I'm not going to see you again, but I can walk away honestly today and say your blood is not on my hands because I've done what God asked me to do. I've shared, I've shared the good news of Jesus. Guys, my prayer is, and I know your prayer is, I pray that someday when I get to heaven, there will not be the blood on my hands of some of my family or some of my friends that I failed to share the good news with. Now listen, we're not asked to save them. We can't save anybody. Only Jesus Christ can do that, amen? But we are asked to share. We are asked to tell. We are asked to show them the good news, the good way, that Jesus Christ is the truth, the way, and the life. And when we do that, then we do what we've been asked to do. What they do with that is up between them and God. They have a free will to choose, just like we had a free will to choose. Sometimes we feel like, well, I'm not going to tell them because they won't accept and they don't really want to hear that and, and I'm not really responsible for that. But listen to me, once you tell them, once you share the good news with them, it's in their lap. And that's what Paul's saying to these men. He said, I've shared the good news with you. I've told you about Christ. Now here you go. It's in your lap. You decide what you want to do with Jesus. And that's all God ever asks us to do. We don't have to try to save them. We can't save them. We don't have the power to save them. It's an individual thing between them and God. But we are asked and we are responsible to tell the good news, the good story of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I declare to you that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. Verse 27, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. That's why he could say that. Paul's not sitting there bragging and telling him, oh, look, I've, I've done everything I can do. It's all up to you now. He said, I, I've done the will of God. That's why I've done that. He said, I've I, I, not hesitated to proclaim the whole will of God. I've, I've tried to tell you everything that I possibly know. And I want you to know that I love you. Verse 28, here's where we start today. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God. There it is, his name on it, which he brought with us, bought with his own blood. And I know that I, after I leave, Savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Let me tell you today, First Baptist Kaiser, let me tell you the churches of America and across this world today, be on guard. The devil is trying to destroy us. The devil is trying to destroy every church, every church member. He's trying to ruin our testimonies. He's trying to make us look like we're liars and cheats, and we have no good thing for anyone. Be on your guard. Does everyone hear that this morning? Guys, listen to me. He was talking to leaders here, and this, this falls in leaders' laps, but I believe this. I believe if you're saved and born again, that you're a part of leading the kingdom of God, every one of us. And we have a job to do, and we must be on guard. We must be on guard. Let's read on. Verse 31, so be on guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Verse 30, 32, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work 
we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus said himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's in red letters in my Bible. That's from Jesus. It's another great problem of the world today. Because we like getting, but we don't like giving. And that can be in our money, in our time, in our talents, in whatever it is. We hold a we whole lot more like getting than we do giving. And guys, if you look at the life of Jesus while he was on this earth, it was never about getting. It was always, always, always about giving, giving to others. We've become a selfish people. We have become a selfish people. And it's not the way the Lord wants us to be. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. What I want us to look at today is, as we look at the next screen, if I love my church, I hear people say a lot, I love my church, oh, I love my church, I love my church. And guys, if you do, in these scriptures we just read, I'm going to go back and pick, pick through them for you and with you this morning. But if I love my church, there's some things that I have to guard against. There are some things that the leaders of this church, me as your pastor, I have to guard against it. Brother Danny, Brother Gary, that some of our leaders are deacons, are teachers. We have to guard against it. But I believe everyone that's a member of this church has to guard against these things. Because it says to be alert, to be on guard. And the first one this morning is carelessness. We must not be careless. Look once again in verse 31. You don't have to go back to the screen, Russell. Just leave it there. But let me look if you've got your Bible open. Verse 31 said, be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Carelessness, failing to stay alert, and not forgetting the price that has been paid. How do you think we got here today? You ever think about that? How do you think the First Baptist Church of Kaiser is where it is today? It's because people in the years past, last year, five years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, do you know that in three years we'll be 100 years old? In 2018, we'll celebrate 100 years together as a congregation. Way back there in 1918, someone said there needs to be a church here in this town that preaches Jesus. There needs to be a church here that's going to go out and tell people the wonderful love of Jesus Christ. There needs to be a church here in town where people can come on Sundays and they can sing songs and, and they can hear preaching and it will be exciting to them and they will catch fire of what Jesus has for them. And there'll be people walking the aisles and they'll be saved and there'll be revivals and there'll be singings and there'll be dinner on the ground and there'll be potluck and there'll be Sunday school classes. Guys, we're, we're not here today because we're just great people and we just come up with this. We're here because of the hard work of those that's come before us. And Paul said, listen, leaders, listen, disciples of Ephesians and Ephesus, you guys have got to be alert and be on guard because you've got to realize how you got to where you are today. Somebody cared. And guys, here we are in 2015, and we've got to be the ones that care. So that 50 years from now, or 100 if the Lord tarries, I, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but as the Lord tarries, we've got to give, just like they gave. We can't be careless. 
We can't be haphazard. We give in our time, we give in our talents, we give in our money. It, it takes money to do what we do. I, I, I wish it didn't, but it does. And you guys are good at that. You're good at that. And we're, we're excited about paying off the debt and all those things. But guys, the, the question I ask myself over and over as pastor is, what's this church going to look like in five years? What's this church going to look like in ten years? What's the church of Kaiser First Baptist going to look like in 20 years? Is there still going to be anybody coming? Guys, I'm telling you, we have a generation just ahead of me now. That, that master's class over there, that bunch has been faithful. Everybody say amen. That bunch has been faithful. And they're here. They're here not on Sunday morning. They're here on Sunday morning, but they're here also on Sunday night. They're not also here on Sunday night. They're here on Wednesday. They're here cleaning bathrooms. and They're here vacuuming. They're here sweeping. They're here putting in their money. They're, they're doing what needs to be done so my generation and my kids and my kids' kids can continue on having a church here. And listen, they all stand up here for you this morning and tell you they're not perfect, and I know that. We all, none of us are perfect. But they care. You know what it looks like right now? If I took that group out and set them to the side, over here to the side, we'd have about five on Sunday night. And we'd have about two on Wednesday night. Because what's happened is, my generation and the generation after me has decided church is only important on Sunday morning. And I've just got an hour to give, I'm going to give it on Sunday morning. That's all I got. Because I'm too busy. And we've become careless. We've become careless. Well, Brother Todd, I don't think you have to be there every time the door's open. Are you growing in the Word somewhere else? Are you reading your Bible daily? Are you praying daily? And I'm sure a lot of you are. But guys, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's, it's, it's coming to this place and unifying together and, and learning more about each other and, and trusting each other and, and learning to forgive and learning to, to agree when we disagree. But it's also so that our kids and our kids' kids can see how important this place is to us. Because this is an important place. God's name is on it. Jesus died for it. And the Spirit draws people here every week. It's important. We must not be careless. We must be alert. We must take up the banner. I know it sounds old-fashioned. Well, I know, you know, Grandma and Grandpa, they come every time the door was open. But this is a different age, and we're in a different culture. And, and Brother Todd, it's just a different world. It's the same God, folks. It's the same God we serve. And he still has the same high expectations for us. You know how high his expectations are? It's not if I'm better than you or you or you, or if you're better than me or me or me. It's, Danny prayed in his first prayer. He said, God asked us to be holy as he's holy. That's a pretty big standard. And I've noticed that when I'm out there, I'm not as close to God as I am when I'm in here a lot of times. Or, or let me put it this way. I need this so I can fight out there. And so the more, the more bullets I can put in my gun, so to speak, to go out there, the better. One bullet on Sunday morning probably won't get it done a lot of times. Because that world is mean and cruel, and it's, it's trying to beat us. And who's out there in the middle of it? The devil is trying to keep us beat down. And guys, we need more bullets in our gun to fight the devil, more arrows, more darts, whatever you want to say. And I know you say, well, Brother Todd, that's, you know, 
But, but it's, Paul said here, he said, guys, be alert. Be on guard. Don't be careless. And if it's for nothing else but to show your kids that it's important to be here. Because in 20, 25 years, if it's not important to you now, it won't be important to them. If Sunday night or Wednesday night's not important to you now, it won't be important to them. That's why our Sunday school is going like this. Because my generation quit going to Sunday school. We told our kids, you don't have to go to Sunday school. It's not that big a deal. You pick. You pick. And now you see where we're at. Sunday school numbers continue to decline because we're not used to going to Sunday school. Brother Todd, I just can't get up that early. You'll be up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go to work. Uh-oh. Amen? Doesn't God deserve your best? Brother Todd, it's just a class. What's important to you will be important to your kids. But listen, guys, we're leaving a legacy. We're leaving the important things. What Paul's telling them, be alert for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Because when it comes and starts being unimportant to us, it becomes unimportant to our kids. And guys, it's important that we don't get careless in the work of the church. If I love my church, I'm not going to be careless. I'm not going to be careless. Let's look at the second one. If I love my church, I have to guard against shallowness. And these go hand in hand. The church today is about a mile wide and about two inches thick. If you go very deep, you don't know much about the Bible. I don't know. I hear that all the time. Brother Todd, I don't know much about the Bible. You know, we have a class on Sunday morning. We have a study on Sunday night. We have a study on Wednesday night. Every time we get together, amazingly, we're studying the Bible. And you grow in him. And all of a sudden, you're not this thick. You're that thick in Christ. Because you know, again, putting more darts, more bullets in your gun. Because when the devil comes calling, if you're that thick in Jesus Christ... You're going to get beat. You're going to get beat. Shallowness. Knowing God's word and spending time in prayer, they go hand to hand. See, you can't just pray and not read his word, and you can't just read his word and not pray. Because when we read his word, if you're like me, you don't understand all of it. So you pray, and the Holy Spirit allows you to understand more and more about God's word. That's what's why the, the church, we, we've kind of turned into a mega entertainment center today. You look across the country at churches, and we're entertaining. We got a band. We got singers, and they're some of the best singers ever. And, and, and we're clapping our hands, and we got the screen, and we got all these bright lights, and man, isn't this, and we're on TV. Woo! But you know none of that is worth anything if we don't lift up Jesus Christ. None of it. None of it. It's all good. I, I like all of it. You know me. I'm a flexible guy. I like contemporary. I like the hymns. I like praise and worship. I like anything that lifts up Jesus Christ. You're going to get all kind of styles of music here. We kind of hit all the gambits. We want to kind of touch everyone there. But guys, that's, that's that part. This here is the part that makes you thick. Knowing God's word and praying. Come and study with us. If you come Wednesday night, you found out your preacher don't even get all of it right. I, I miss sometimes. I, I had Moses married to Miriam. That's his sister. You know, I'm just messed up. You know, I make mistakes. I want to I learn more. I want to learn more about God. Because I just know how hard it is out there. We all know how hard it is out there. And guys just trying to fly by the seat of our britches don't make it easier. You've got to have something with you. And that's the power of God. 
through his word and through prayer. And listen, I know you don't have to come here to do that. I know many of you probably study on your own, and amen, keep doing that. But again, don't forsake assembling together. If I love my church, I'm not going to be shallow. I'm not going to be shallow. And the Bible says, be careful not to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. If you don't know what you believe, some guy's going to get up on TV, or you're going to hear somebody say something, and you go, man, that sounds pretty good. I think I believe that. It might be a lie. It might be not even in the Bible. And so we have to be ready to say, nope, that's not right. That's not, I've I got to find where it is, but I've read that that's not what the Bible says. He's, they're making that up. And we don't want to be shallow. Number three, covetousness. I can't really say that word. Covetousness. Wanting what other people have. We kind of get that way in churches too sometimes. Oh, they got a, they got a family life center. We got to have a family life center. And, we, and I believe we needed this. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they got, they got that guy leading music. Let's try to get him. Let's try to do better than that. Oh, they got that guy preaching. Let's get rid of our preacher and get him. You know, it's, it's always more, 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 more. A controlling desire, wanting what others have. More of what we already have. Guys, we, let's all be honest. We live in the age of access. Uh, excess. We're the throwaway society. My generation down, I think it kind of started with my generation. We've kind of been the weak linchpin here. I'll just be honest with you. You look at our grandmas and grandpas, our moms and dads, they didn't throw nothing away. They got paper sacks from 1920. You know, they kept that stuff. A lot of them went through the Depression. They knew what it was like to be without. Man, I, I throw away a pair of shoes that got another year in them. I'll just throw them away. I don't like them anymore. They don't look fresh. They don't look clean. They don't look new. You know, got to have another car. I've had that in two years. It's got some mud on the back. You get a new one, they wash it for you. Got to have a new car. You know how we are. I got uh, my house is big enough, but you know if we just had another room, I could fill it up with junk. We we've all got storage buildings. What's the deal with that? We got a house full of junk, so we go right. We go rent another place and put more junk in there. And meanwhile, there's people in America that didn't get to eat today. Meanwhile, there's some little kids that don't have a bed, don't have their own bed. Meanwhile, as I heard this week, a lady's trying to teach a little girl to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, and the little girl says, who's Jesus? Covetous. Covetousness. You know, that's the 10th, commandment and do you know that if we get that one wrong every one of the others will break if we're greedy we're going to steal if we're greedy we're going to take another man's wife if we're greedy we're going to kill somebody if we're greedy we won't honor our mother and father we're going to want what we want if we're greedy we put ourselves before god so that's idolatry and the Bible says, there shall be no other gods before me. Covetousness. Greed. Wanting more. Oh, let's be careful what we spend, Brother Todd. We've got to have that big bank account. And guys, listen, I, I appreciate the job that our people do, our treasurer, our, our deacons, our finance committee. We, we know that we have to have, but I'm talking about these bank accounts that have a million in them and two million in them. And meanwhile, there's people right there in their neighborhood going hungry. 
covetousness. Paul says in verse 33, he says, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. Paul was so worried about people saying that he was a freeloader that he didn't even take money for preaching. I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet or not, okay? You guys, you guys take care, good care of us. But Paul was a tent maker. Paul said, I'm going to work. I'm not going to let anybody say that I'm lazing around on the church. He was very important to him that he didn't look greedy. I appreciate everything you do for my family. I appreciate the place that you give us to live and the money that you give to us and the insurances that you buy. I appreciate that. And I want to be a worker that earns my keep. I don't want to be lazy. And that brings us to the next one. Laziness. And this may be the biggest issue in the church today. It's just laziness. Brother Todd, I, I work a hard job. I know you do. Brother Todd, I've got a big family. I know you do. Brother Todd, when I look at the end of the week, there's just not any time left for the church. And I understand that that's very difficult. But look what Paul said in verse 34. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companion. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remember the words that the Lord said to himself. It must, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Earning our way, deserving what we get. And guys, I want all of us to do that. But guys, when we take it up a whole nother notch, when I stand before Jesus someday, I know that I'm not going to be there because I earned it. Because you can't earn your way to heaven. We're there by the grace of God. But also, I want him to know how much I appreciated his grace. And I want to be able to stand before him and say, I tried to do the very best that I could. And guys, I fall way short sometimes. I'm not standing before you to say that I've got all these right. I'm not preaching at you this morning. I'm preaching with you. And I want us to be on alert. I want us to be on guard. I want us to be strong for the Lord. And I want us to have a powerful church. Not so people can say, oh, I'd like to be a part of Kaiser First Baptist. No, I want people to say, you know what? God's working at Kaiser. I want to glorify God. I know you want to glorify God. I don't want us to be lazy. Paul said, don't be lazy, guys. It's real easy just to kind of come and go and you know, just kind of half, half work at it. But guys, there's a lot to be done. You know, we used to have something called caring for Kaiser. We'd go out just one Saturday, one Saturday, one, one Saturday out of the whole year. And we'd go and knock on neighbor's doors, see if they needed any help doing something or repairing something or picking up around town or just some little odd things. It wasn't no big thing. Knocking on their door, inviting them to church. You know why we don't do it no more? About 10 people showed up. About 10 people. Most of those folks were over 50. But Todd, we're just too busy. Maybe it's time to re reorganize things. 
maybe it's time to give back a little bit to the church. I'm not talking about giving to me or giving more money. I'm talking about giving more to this church so that the church can do more for this community. Our last one as we close is selfishness. True ministry means giving, not getting. Sharing what we have instead of desiring more. You know that Jesus became poor so that we may become rich. The Bible says he didn't have a place to lay his head. Jesus didn't even have a, he didn't even have his own bedroom. Didn't have his own house. It was always about others. You know, just a few weeks ago, we preached the Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, and we talked about blessed are those that mourn, and blessed are those that are poor, and blessed are those that meet. This would probably be the supreme Beatitude. What does it say there in verse 35? It is more blessed to give than receive. Matthew 5 says, blessed are the weak, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. But this says, You are more blessed if you give, if you give to others. You're not selfish. Guys, we we live in a selfish world. It's all about my stuff. Leave my stuff alone. Don't you touch my things. And our kids learn that. My little girls, five and six years old, are already telling, Annie, leave my stuff alone. That's mine. Abby's, Libby and Annie's in my room. They're touching my things. We learn that real early, don't we? It's my stuff. It's mine. You know that Jesus never called anything mine except us? (laughs) Isn't that something? My sheep know my voice, and they hear me, and they follow me. Guys, I know this is tough to hear. But Paul said these words with much passion and much love because he knew the time was running short. Just as Sarah sang in her song this morning, the time is running short. I'm running out of time. We're running out of time, folks. We we buried two more lovely ladies this week, and every week we bury someone else. We bury someone else. Those times are over for them. We're running out of time. But we don't act like we're running out of time. We act like we got all the time in the world. We've just kind of gotten our groove, and we're just kind of sitting there, and we like that groove, and we're going to just keep on grooving. The Lord said, be alert. Be on guard. The Bible says that the devil's like this. He just, he's just like a lion. You ever been to the zoo and seen the lion walking back and forth? And he's just, he just wanting to eat somebody up. And you know who a lot of that is? It's our kids. He's wanting to eat our kids up. He's wanting to rip them limb for limb. And I don't want him to hurt my kids. I want my kids to know as much about Jesus as they possibly can, and that's still no guarantee that they're not going to have problems out there in this world. You will have problems, the Bible says, but Jesus can help you through. Be on guard. Be on alert. Don't be careless. Don't be selfish. Don't be shallow. Don't covet. Don't be greedy. Be on guard.
Lord, help us all. Let's pray. Then, Father, we come to you today, and Lord, we know there's so many areas that we need work, and I know I do. Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to grow our church. I so thank you for the faithfulness of those that have come before us and those that continue to lead by example. Lord, I just pray for my generation, the generations to follow, that we will, we will take up the banner. And we will take up the banner for our kids and their kids so that someday my grandkids can say, we're here today because granddad preached the word and because grandma worked with the young people and, and Lord, because that church cared and they cared for the people that they loved and, and they showed it by doing things and not being lazy. And they will carry on that tradition. Lord, help us to cherish the church. Help us not to take advantage of the church. And help us to find time for the church. Because, Lord, this is the haven of rest. Lord, help us to take what we've learned here and to take it out in this world. Lord, make us strong. Make us thick, not shallow. Make us know how important it is that we care for others. Thank you for the words of Paul and your precious word this morning, Lord. It is more blessed to give than receive.